the role of Minister of Mental Health and Addictions was vacated after Judy Darcy retired from provincial politics following the October election. The ministry, of course, is quite new, being created by the previous NDP government as a standalone ministry in 2017. The MLA for Nanaimo, Sheila Malcolmson, is now going to be taking on that role, and she joins me on the phone now. Minister Malcolmson, thank you so much for the time. Hi, Jeff. So I'll just start with this kind of broad question, but why is this ministry a fit for you? Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, honestly, it was a big surprise when the when the premier invited me to take this role on. I, I know from how hard the overdose crisis uh, and the homelessness crisis has hit Nanaimo, how hard I've been working the last five years, partly as an MP and partly as an MLA uh, to 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 support the frontline groups, to bring more services to bear. Um, and uh, I know, I guess the Premier saw how hard I, I fought for uh, the supports that Nanaimo needed um, and how big the problem is. Um, and so I'm, I'm really honoured to carry on uh, Judy Darcy's work. And um, I just know what a hard time this is for people and, and, uh, and how important it is to get it right. Yeah, and and do you think that, uh, you know, as I mentioned, they just became a standalone ministry in 2017. The budget for this particular portfolio has never been overly big. Uh, Are you hoping to see some changes kind of involved when it comes to the funding aspect of things here over the next four years? Now that there is a majority NDP government, it gives you some opportunity. You have a timeline in place for how long you're going to be in this role. Hopefully there's no shuffle and you can have some time to to work on this file. But, you know, is there anything in particular that you think that uh, you can almost get down to work and start making some changes right away? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, um, you know, this has, I'm I'm so glad that this standalone ministry was created. I I heard uh, Minister Darcy and the Premier say repeatedly how important it's been to have a minister who every day wakes up thinking of nothing but bringing more resources to combat the overdose crisis and, and, and resources to treat mental health and addictions. You know, like Bonnie Henry said, when we took government in 2017, there was no mental health and addiction system in place. So we've been really working hard to make up a lot of lost ground. Um, and even though we did make some headway, like the overdose, you know, the death rate dropped in 2019. Um, it's been estimated 6,000 lives were saved by the measures and the supports that we brought in. But the pandemic has made everything worse. So, you know, it really feels like a like a rising tide. The Premier's given me a huge to-do list um, uh, that absolutely takes dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I'll tell you the things that I'm working on, you know, this very first week, um, making sure that we are flowing uh, money that we've already set aside to the frontline groups that have been doing the work, uh, to the investment in more treatment beds for youth, double youth treatment beds uh, for, you know, for this is a huge increase um, in BC's history. Um, and so more beds and you know, supports for, for more beds, uh, for more overdose prevention services, more treatment. Um, and then we're also actively working on the decriminalization file because there's some opportunities there. And, and so I'm picking up the work that the premier started last summer with the prime minister. That's just week one. And I've got a longer list of things to do, but, uh, but we've really hit the ground running. And, and based on that response, it sounds like, uh, you know, you're trying to make some headway on this. But one of the things I do hear quite a bit when I talk to uh, those dealing with, uh, you know, social housing or even businesses that are next to social housing or, or even our local politicians as well, there seems to be uh, a difficulty connecting people from housing 
right, who get social housing, a roof over their head, keeping them off the streets, keeping them alive, which, of course, is incredibly important, but then taking them from that housing aspect to actually getting treatment for their mental health issues or their addictions issues. It's really hard at sometimes, it feels like, to get people to transition from the housing aspect to the actual, um, you know, care that they need to, to start improving their own lives. Do you see that gap that exists? And, and, you know, do you think that having some of that money flow towards those frontline workers will start to make an impact? Absolutely. You know, I see that this in my own community. Um, it, it, it's the intention is there. Absolutely. Supportive housing, you know, that we first of all give people a, a roof over their heads and enough stability that they can contemplate um, entering treatment or taking some of the supports that are available. Absolutely. That's, you know, the first piece in job one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, no matter how much we've set aside in our budget, you know, it's um $346 million that we've allocated uh, into mental health and addictions um, and and fighting the overdose crisis. But it takes time for that money to flow out, it takes time for those facilities, facilities to be built, um, to you know just have beds open. And then let alone with the pandemic that all these places have had to go to half capacity in order to deal with with um, the physical distancing rules, so mm-hmm. uh, I appreciate very much that um, that voters have have given us a majority and that four year stretch uh, to be able to continue to deepen that investment in the social safety net and have enough time to have those doors open, people go through treatment, and and then us be able to show you know what can happen when someone has got that addiction off their back or their untreated mental illness um, is 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 in, it puts them in a place where they can, you know, live well in the community and, and not be disruptive. Um, but I do appreciate that the how many years supports were taken out of the provincial uh, social safety net. You know, that's what got us to this place. And, and certainly in my community and, and certainly in yours and all over BC, we have really tested the patience of, of businesses and, and neighbors and and, and the, the breadth of the to-do list that the Premier has given me, which includes lots of ways of supporting police and, and, uh, and, uh, and building up different forms of housing for those for whom supportive housing is not appropriate, it tells me that the Premier's heard those concerns loud and clear and, and we're determined to put dollars and resources into place. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and uh, I look forward to seeing more and more progress being made on that. Uh, one more question here for you, Minister, before I let you go, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. And, um, you know, the $500 pay- uh, paycheck that's coming from the Premier, right? It was promised in his campaign. We're expecting it uh, by, you know, mid-January at the latest. Um, there was a lot of concern from people out there when when CERB was first introduced from the federal side of things, that access to cash, it did seem to correlate with a little bit of an increase in the number of overdoses that were occurring. I'm not saying anything bad about this $500 because I'm very much looking forward to getting it myself. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, do you have concerns that we might see, you know, maybe a spike in overdoses or or some, some other worries that come along with that access to cash for our vulnerable population? You know, Jeff, I'm still getting uh, briefed up on the file. Um, it's just been a couple of days, it's, and mm-hmm. um, and I am still talking to, um, to frontline staff and, and service providers. I want to know uh, the answer to that question also. But what I've heard so far is, um, you know, notwithstanding the fact that the coroner does line up uh, overdose deaths with um, the days that provincial uh, support payment checks are issued, you know, there's a lot of data gathered on this. Mm-hmm. Um, the 
um, my my understanding as the MLA for Nanaimo is that the uh, the stories of, of overdose uh, spikes uh, correlated with the uh, federal SERB benefit are um, are not supported by evidence. There's certainly going to be those outlier stories. Uh, the bottom line is uh, there's a lot of people that are getting by on next to nothing. And, uh, and, and we're much, um, you know, my ministry, we are, are focused on the question of putting those overdose prevention services in place, funding more supervised consumption sites, uh, getting at the um, prescription safe supply that we brought in in March, um, removing barriers uh, to people being able to uh, to uh to avoid poisoned supply, that's our imperative. And and no matter how much money people have in their pockets, um, that that uh, that separation of, of people from from the poison drug supply that's out there right now, um, so much is um, that that's our our strongest responsibility. Um, and so I, I thank you for the question. Um, I know it's out there, uh, but it's uh, it's not a barrier to us including in, in increasing social assistance rates so that people can have a a dignified life and a dignified income. I very much appreciate that answer. Thank you so much for your time, Minister. Really appreciate this, and I look forward to speaking with you more as the, you continue to get more and more familiar with this file. Thank you for the conversation. I look, I look forward to more. All right, there you go. There is the BC Minister for Mental Health and Addictions, Sheila Malcolmson.